and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. I'm Bobby. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Oh yeah, and you. <laughs> well, I suppose there's only one place to start this week, isn't there? Yes. And that's the um, uh, the sad uh, passing away of... Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, mm. and uh, we'd like to pay our own respects on the pod, wouldn't we, tonight? Yeah. And uh, just uh, thank you, ma'am, for everything uh, that you've done for this country in your lifetime. Absolutely. Uh, served with uh, dignity and honour and a, a sense of service that will probably never be repeated. No, you're probably right. So... Don't think we'll ever see one like her again. Absolutely. So thank you, Your Majesty. Yeah. And may you rest in peace. Yeah. Don't really know how to move on from this now. No. <laughs> it's sad though, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those things that you never think will happen and I still can't believe it, to be quite honest with you. Well, I mean, it's all... I know she was 96, have, but... Ever known? I know. And I just think it's sad. I can't... Still can't quite believe it, really. No. But, um, anyway, um, should we try and uh, cheer the mood a little bit? Yeah, okay. Okay, tell us what we've got on tonight then, Callum. Quite a busy one tonight. Quite a busy one tonight. We'll, we'll, we'll go through the, the two the two playoff games that happened over the weekend. Um, then we've got Bobby's Stats. Followed by um, a quick segment um, about a couple of coaching departures and we're going to get Matt from down at Bellevue on about the recent news about Willie Poaching being sacked. I think he's quite angry. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but we'll get on to that later. Yeah. Uh, quick run through the, the first round of the NRL playoffs and then we'll be going on to the previews, but we have... Manage to secure every single fan from the playoffs to, to talk through their team and their chances yeah. going forward. So it's a busy night tonight. So we're looking forward to speaking to Steve, Louise, uh, Johnny, and uh, uh, and a substitute. It is a substitute. Please, fan. You know, normally we've got Eddie on from yeah. uh, the Lot 17A pod. Yes. Uh, but we've got his co-host, uh, Reese. Yeah, tonight. So, super uh, sub Reese. Super sub Reese. Yeah. So there you go. So it promises to be a, a busy, busy edition. It definitely does. So I think we should probably get into it, don't you? Yeah. There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world, and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans, and then there's the weather. Well, if you don't like it, well. You just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Yes, first round of the playoffs. Yes, and two very good games to to kick us off the playoffs as well. Uh, but we'll start with... Really? What, one was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Very good point. Well, anyway, let's we'll we'll start off with 
the Friday night game and we'll head to the south of France where Leeds defeated Catalans. It was Catalans 10, Leeds 20. Mm. There was there was almost a game of rugby league in between the fighting, wasn't there? Yeah. I was I was disappointed. I mean, sometimes you like a bit of biff and you like, you know, but this was niggly, niggly biff. But, yeah. It Do you was, know what I mean? It was awful. It wasn't a great game, was it? No. Just just the, 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 the like you say, the niggliness of it was just. But, you know, I, I think I've said this over the a couple of seasons now, obviously barring last season because they actually made it to the final, but how many times have we said that Catalans get into the playoffs and instead of playing rugby like they know how to and winning games, they try and rough you up or they try and play dirty and they don't need to do it. They need to just play rugby league. And I think if they'd have played rugby league in this game, I think they'd have won. Yeah, so do I. They'd barely win a game in the regular season to play like this every week. Mm. I don't know what changes for them because they've got to where they are by playing how they've played. Mm. And then all of a sudden do a complete sort of 180 and and just do what we saw on, on Friday night. Talk to me about Mitchell Pearce. I mean, he had a shocker of a game. Simbin twice. Were they both for descent? I can't remember what the first one was for. The second one was definitely no. for descent. And if he'd have charged at me like that and was screaming in my face, if I was refereeing, it wouldn't have been yellow. No place. No? No. I think the first one was there a shoulder-charging back play. I think he said he took him off the ball or something. If I remember rightly. I, I didn't see it. I, I couldn't... I couldn't... When I, Even when I've watched the replay, I couldn't really tell. All of a sudden, he was just sin-binned. And mm. I wasn't really sure what it was for, whether he'd said something. He definitely did a second time. Yeah. Oh, the second time. And I think did. that was when the when Cassiano put a shoulder in, wasn't it? And he went chasing after the referee after he... After uh, uh, James Child gave a penalty, didn't he? Mm. Oh, maybe that's one I'm getting mistaken. Maybe I remember the commentary team saying there was a shoulder in back playing one of them, but mm. I think maybe it was Cassiano then, and he got sent off for the descent. Yeah. Well, they also lost Michael McAlorum. Yeah. Ten minutes. Yep. And they lost Gil Dudson for roughly around the last eight or ten minutes mm. um, with just like a, the most ridiculous headbutt. I mean, he's going to Warrington next year, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he'll probably, I think, has he got three games? Yes. So he'll be missing the first three games already for Warrington next season. Yeah. And I think he's lucky to get away with three. Yeah. Yeah, so do I, especially considering, you know, you look at some of the bands handed out this season. I mean, look at the one that Leeds were missing in, in Reese Martin. Well, that was never, that wasn't even a one game ban, let alone a two game ban. And he gets three for a headbutt. Which is, which is pretty violent play, really. Let's yeah. be honest. You don't, you don't often see. A headbutt in the game, do you really? No, not really. Like you say, like you say, we, we, we like a bit of biff, but it's a certain kind of biff that we like. Mm. What I do think, though, and we've we've we spoke there about Catalan's discipline or lack of it. Um, earlier on in the season, if you just said, "Well, this game's going to be marred with a, with one of the teams being really ill-disciplined." Mm. You probably wouldn't have said it was Catalans, would you? No, probably not. Probably not. I think Leeds are the most um, 
have or have been the most ill-disciplined team this season. They've got the most bands, I think, haven't they, this season? Yes, by but, quite a considerable margin as well. Is it? But yeah. they, they kept the heads surprisingly well. Yeah, yeah, they did, and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto it later, but I have no doubt that's Rowan Smith's influence. Yeah. Um, Steve McNamara, after the game, wasn't particularly happy that James Child had travelled with Leeds, was he? This infuriated me. Go on. It's like just, a mini red corner coming up. Just because I, I saw it, I saw a few Catalans fans and and, thing, and people saying the same things. And look, we're not football. We're not Formula One. We, you know, if it's cost effective for us to have the referees travel over there with the the, the away team, then. So be it. I just think that, I mean, I've been there, I've been in the middle and I've done it and I, I'm not saying, I know I know it wasn't on a plane to the south of France, which it was, but it was to Wigan and St. Helens, which is just, some people would say that's the same. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, you, I know it was only sort of Northwest type thing, but you get, you do get sent to the same teams quite a few times. And you don't favour them anymore, no matter how many times you've been there. So, what what I'm trying to say is, even though he's travelling on the plane with them, he's not gonna he's not gonna be biased towards them because he's sat on a plane for an hour, an hour and a half with them. It, it questions know, his it, integrity, doesn't it? Exactly. Well, that's what I was just about to say. It, it's cost effective for us at the minute to do that, and I haven't got any issues with that. And when you're coming out and having comments about he shouldn't be doing that, then you are questioning the referee's integrity and his professionalism. Yeah. And if you think that him sitting on the plane with the Leeds players has, has swayed him to favour them, then I think you need your head checking. Do you remember when you nearly got beat up off the parents at the JJB Stadium when you were refing? Yeah. I thought I had a good game. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't, did they? No, he said that I'd played. I hadn't played long enough or something. Yeah. That was one of his reasons because he had his little stopwatch on Fergie time. Yeah, and I told him that we were going off my watch, not his. So, but then they were all sort of waiting in a gang at this gate, and I thought, yeah, he's going to get. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but no, it questions it questions his integrity, and I don't think that that's right um, for any referee. No, no, it's not. They're there to do their job and they're professional about it and do the best that they can. And I actually... I and him, thought, him coming out saying that after the game, it's almost inciting. It doesn't help. Yeah. I actually thought as well that... Well, it wasn't the easiest game to referee, was it? Um, and I don't think I thought he, he did, did a decent job. I don't think he did a lot wrong under the circumstances. I, I worried... At one point, I, th- I wondered if he was losing control of it a little bit. But I don't think he he did really anything game-changingly wrong. No, I don't think he did either. And it, I, th- I think sometimes when you you get, like you've said, you know, you, you're you losing three or four different players throughout the game for, for 10-minute spells, I think it's easy just to, to blame the ref for those players being off and and just sort of putting all the blame on the referee but you can't do that you've got to look at your own team sometimes everyone does it don't they fans coaches players referees there as a target isn't he but 
Um, I think Steve McNamara on this one needs to look a little bit closer to home, I think, on this one. Well, James Child didn't, Ed, but... Rather than... The, the Leeds player, did he? Rather than seat 6A. Yeah. You know. No, he didn't. No, you're right. Um, unlikely hero for Leeds. Alex Sutcliffe, I, I, I think. Liam. Liam Sutcliffe. Who's Alex Sutcliffe? I've absolutely no idea. <laughs> I was a kid, I used to coach in football years ago. <laughs> Right. Okay. At least you didn't say Peter. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We, I remember at work once we had a meeting and and there was a guy called Peter Sutcliffe coming into the meeting, and I told everybody he was like athletics and he was a hammer coach <laughs> before the meeting. <laughs> and someone said, "I don't know who he is." I said, "You know, big bushy beard, hammer coach." Mm. And then this little this little old guy turned up. I was like, ah, oh, thinking of the wrong one, thinking of different, thinking of a different guy, and nobody even clocked onto what I'd said. <laughs> oh, Absolutely <dear>. wasted. <laughs> well, sometimes that happens. Uh, anyway, which Sutcliffe are we on now? Sorry, uh, Liam Sutcliffe. Peter, Liam, oh yeah, Liam, <laughs> Liam Sutcliffe, <laughs> unlikely hero. Yeah, possibly. I mean, he's, I think he's a decent player. I think he. Maybe gone a little bit stale at, at times and moving on to Hull next season. But uh, after that performance, Hull fans will be really excited about that, I think. Yeah. Although, when Catalans did score a try, I'm like, jump, man, jump. Mm. Is that the Dean Vare one? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how you're going to pronounce that then. I can say it. Yeah, he just sort of stood there while he jumped over the top of him. But... Mm. Uh, all in all, um, an excellent night for Sutcliffe. Yeah, definitely. We're all, we're all Sutcliffe's. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, but Leeds also without uh, Handley, Martin, Newman, Dwyer. Does that make it an even better win? Yeah, you, you, you'd have to say so. Uh, Martin has, has been pretty instrumental for them, especially with his goal kicking. He still hasn't missed one, has he? In that run where you had that stat the other week. Yeah, he didn't think... miss any again. Obviously, he was banned for this one, but yeah, he didn't miss any against Castleford. He's, he's, on, he's on 36, I 36 think. 36 he's on, is I think mm. he's equalled Mason Lino's and he's, Super League record. He's one away from breaking it. And he's uh, he, he pops up with a, a, you know, a, a try every now and then. I think his he's try-scoring record pretty pretty decent-ish as well, mm. uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. Well, they'll be hoping they can get that... Uh frivolous part of the ban overturn tonight, don't they? Mm. Outrageous he was banned in the first place, but But I do think I do think it's equally outrageous that once that's been given, you can go back and appeal again. That's true. You shouldn't be able to appeal an appeal. No. Listen, we've given you an extra match because it's a stupid appeal. Alright, we're going to appeal against that. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I don't know. It wants a complete overhaul, doesn't it? Didn't they do it with Newman earlier in the season? And the frivolous part was taken away. Ah, uh, it wasn't really a silly appeal in the end. No, they upheld the frivolous Did appeal, they? yeah. So it's probably well, they unlikely. Can't, they can't up it again. No. So there's only two possible outcomes. Well, you might as well. You can either play or... It's just ridiculous, though, that you can appeal the appeal. No, I know it is, but they might as well. If it can't go up. Yeah. They might as well. Disappointing end to the season, then, for Catalans. Very. Very disappointing. You know, they've had a good season, played some good footy and just seems to have been thrown away, really, in my opinion. 
you know, if they play rugby and get beat, you go, okay, well, they give it a good go, but it just feels like they didn't give it a go. Look like a great crowd as well. They yeah. Really got behind them, and that's good. That that's great for the game as well. Yeah, really good. You know, then you've got them throwing plastic bottles and stuff at the referee as he's walking off. It's yeah, not what you want. That wasn't good, was it? No. So, all in all, a dis- very, very disappointing night in the South of France for, for the home side. Regards discipline for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fans have no discipline. Players Too have much no discipline. Throwing the... <laughs> Coaches pretty much accuse the referee of cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Pretty embarrassing all round, really. I think so. Mm. Anyway. Sure. I'm sure the... Uh... They'll be uh, disappointed, and the British base fans will be disappointed too. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to the other semi-final, uh, eliminator final then? Yes. Uh, and this one was probably a shock for the scoreline. It was Huddersfield nil, Salford twenty-eight. Another embarrassing night for the home side. Third and fourth out. I mean, we 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 said, didn't we, that the, the form of Salford and Leeds and the way that they've gone, you know, the last ten games or so back into this season, anything could have happened. Did I expect it to? I'm not quite sure. No, I, and we posed a question at the end of last week's pod, didn't we? That it, it put yourself in Christian Wolf's shoes. Mm. Who would rather play? And nobody said Salford, did they? No, I, I, which is the scenario now. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, Brodie Croft, what a miss he'll be, though. Yeah, I, I I know it's slightly different because it's happened in the middle of the game, but their second-half performance attack-wise was nowhere near. Mm. And was it because... I know they've had to reshuffle about a little bit, uh, and the job was, was pr- three-quarters of the way done, mm. so just had yeah. to go about the business a little bit in the second half. But was it was it because he he was off? Well, I mean, in the first half, Huddersfield barely saw the ball. Mm. In the first half, when they did, there was a. It's not it's not a controversial decision, is it? Ryan Briley stepped out and got simbin. Oh yeah, it was he, a simbin. And then because one of the Huddersfield players complained about it, and it was uh, Rob Hicks, wasn't it, the referee? Mm. And he said, "I've simbined him. I've given you the penalty." What else can I do? Yeah. And he's probably right. Well, he is there's, right. There's, there's yeah. nothing else he can do. No. I was I was actually shocked to see, um, I think it was Elijah Taylor, who's the captain, and, and really try and even complain about it. Mm. It's clear as day what you've done. You, yeah. You're not kidding anybody with well, that. Well, on a, on a non, non-televised non game, you might get away with it. Yeah. Um, we... Would you, th- would you say... This game was down to really poor attack from Huddersfield or good defence and obviously good attack from Salford, but but good defence. Um a little bit of both, like you said, Huddersfield hardly had the ball in the first half. And if Salford have got the ball all the time, they can't defend, so that's poor attack in it. Mm. <sighs> They seem to make it easy for Salford. To we have defend. we have said over the last couple of weeks that they their Huddersfield's finish to the season was nowhere near 
the way they, they they started in terms of the the style and approach to the games. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I had a I had a look into this as well because I was quite interested in it, and they've actually not looked the same. Bar I think maybe one result since they were beaten twenty five nil by St Ellen's when they had twelve men. If you mm. look at the results after that, it becomes one point, two point, four points. You know the wins they are picking up. They're very only just getting over the line, whereas earlier in the season, the beating teams come to by 10, 12, 14 points most games. Once that came in, they just seemed to lose all confidence and they either lost games or they only just got over the line with them. And yeah, in that in that period, they were still chasing hard, the Wigan hard for second place. Yeah. They were still had a chance of finishing second mm. up until the last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. No, they did, yeah. Yeah. Um Got to mention again, we mentioned him last week, and in fact, I, I put him in my, I'm not sure if anybody else did, I put him in my alternative dream team, Andy Ackers. Uh, the, the, the name was sort of mentioned, you put him in. I think I put him in as well. And you I would, and you would have put him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played really well again, though. Yeah. A great try. A couple, re- couple of really good breaks he, 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 that I saw. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really see the game because I had a match myself. Yeah. Which was miraculous in itself, but um, World Cup? No. Should he? Who's he behind? I, I think uh, depends what James Roby wants to do. Has he actually confirmed what he said he wants to do? No. Do you mean with him going around yeah. one more time next year? Yeah. Whether he'll miss the international? I stuff? imagine he'll still miss the international stuff to to. Give everything into the last year. Um, McShane, maybe. Um, to be honest, I, I do think that in terms of hookers, especially English hookers, it's been a little bit lacklustre this year. Mm. I don't think McShane's been, been as good. No. Uh, Daryl Clark's not been as no. good. And to be honest, he, Andy Ackers is probably only behind them players on name alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because in terms of performance, he's right up there. And the other one to consider, but again, I don't think he's had the best season over there, is Josh Hodgson. Either that or he's been injured. He, for, he did his did ACL he, or something. He's ACL. not played a single oh, right, game. Okay, I was going to say. I, yeah, so. I, think, I can't remember if that was last season or this season. No, yeah, it was this, yeah. Right, fair enough. Well, that was a quick review, wasn't it? We've managed to milk 20 minutes out of it. No. <laughs> 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 um, Let's uh, wrap up that review then. Yeah. It's Bobby Stats of the Week. Yes, that time of the week again. And obviously here he is. Hello. <laughs> How many stats have we got? Five. Oof. Poor. Nobody like... Two games? Well, I thought you meant too many. I thought you were hoping for like three or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, we will start in the NRL. And stat number one is it is only the second time in NRL history that seventh and eighth have progressed through round one of the playoffs. Mm. They extend your season by a week place. Not this year. No. Mm. Uh, stat number two uh, David Nofaluma 
played his first NRL playoff game in 180 games. He made his appearance for the Storm, but sadly he lost. I can say he's had one. Yeah, exactly. When he goes back to the Tigers next year. 100% losing record. (laughs) Especially when he goes back to the Tigers next year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe another 180 games before he gets one. (laughs) Uh, Stat number three. Uh, The Bunnies and the Roosters recorded the most Simbins in any NRL game. There was seven Simbins between the two teams on Sunday morning. I've no doubt we'll come on to that when we have the... uh... Uh, the NRL section. Mm. Mm. Stat number four. Uh, before this weekend, Salford have never nilled Huddersfield. However, the last time Salford actually nilled a team was Castleford in the 2019 playoffs, and they obviously went on to make the grand final that year. Mm. Interesting. And my final stat of the week, just because I like to laugh at them as well, uh, the average ball, uh, the average ball time in play for Super League this season was 61 minutes and 23 seconds. Do you know how long it was for Rugby Union's Premiership? Eight. I reckon half. I reckon about... I reckon uh, about... I said about... Yeah, I would say about... 30, I would say about 32, 33, yeah, something mm. like that. Okay. It was 22 minutes oh. and 35 oh, seconds. No. Wow. Well, what happens to it the rest of the time? Just nothing. You know when they all play, you know, right, you know when they all play Pileon? Yeah. <laughs> Pileon? Yeah. <laughs> right. And the ball's like under, mm-hmm. like, some fatty. Yeah. Right. Is that in play? I don't yes. know. That was my. So ball in play time refers to the amount of time it's not on the field. So, so what, what about a scrum when they're like driving will, forward in yeah, that, a scrum? Yeah, no, that'll be in play. Yeah, that that counts, that counts as in but play. It won't, so how have they got 22 minutes? Because they kick, the, it doesn't count for the amount of time the ball is like in the air through kicking. That's not true. No, That's no, you've made true. that up. No, I haven't. I've you got, have. I promise you now. I'm not even looking it up because I don't want to know. But how have they got 22 minutes then? It's, I don't know. It refers to lineouts and yeah, waiting for scrums and like waiting for them yeah, to reset for five waiting minutes. for scrums, waiting for them to kick the you know, like uh, conversions and stuff like that. Like the time it's on the tee doesn't count. Right, but by your logic, then with you saying it doesn't count when the ball's in the air when they booted it, then it shouldn't count when the ball's in the air when they've passed it. <laughs> I don't think he's right with that. No, one. no, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, more importantly. Right, what was the Super League total? Uh, 61 minutes, 23 seconds. More importantly, that has increased, I would think, due to probably six again. Yeah. Um, is that having an impact on some of the injuries then? that we see, The amount of injuries that we're seeing? I think The amount of time that that is in play? A combination of the, that, the, the time they play the six again rule, which is obviously a big factor in that increasing, the amount of games we play as well. And and just the physicality of players now as well. I saw a poll last week. Do you think that the game needs to be speeded up? So I'm like, speeded up? Yeah. It says speeded up. It did say speeded. Or sped up. No, it said speeded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> David Speedy. Okay. Um, uh, no, I don't think it needs to be sped up. That's, I'm like, you can't anymore. You can't speed it up anymore. 
No. No. You're already seeing a, an increased number of injuries, as you've already said, yeah. and doing that again just, you know. I mean, I, th- I think we've said quite a lot of the time as well that we would just scrap six again as well. Well, I don't but, think I'd scrap it. I think you've just got to use, use it, it correctly. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. So, Thank you, Bobbles. No worries. Very well done. Of the week. Okay, and now, uh, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, a little bit on, on the coaching. And the biggest news this week, coaching-wise, is that Wakefield have departed ways with Willie Poaching. So, on the line now, we have Matt from down at Bellevue, our Wakefield fan, to talk us through it. Matt, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Uh, I mean, I'm about out of breath because I've had to wear around the office, as you've just heard me then. <laughs> yeah, but didn't break any blinds. No, no, they were already like that. <laughs> no, certainly not me. If anyone's listening, it was they were already me. like that. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Matt, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Just obviously, it's it's an important time at the minute. And we did you did you see this coming? Uh, truthfully, no, I don't think anyone saw it coming. Um, you know, I mean, the season as a whole wasn't wasn't fantastic until the last eight, eight or nine rounds but there was glimpses of quality and I think everyone kind of had the assumption that it was Chris Chester's squad he'd built that squad and Poaching got thrown with it and mm. he'd get his own uh, sort of off-season to build his own squad So um, so what was, you, what was your reaction uh, then when the news came through? To be truthful I was I, I saw it and I, I was in a bit of disbelief and Sort of anger, uh, but everyone I spoke to was was exactly the same. Like we, uh, a couple of my friends were messaging me saying what what's going on and stuff, and I was like, well, it doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, I suppose that's what that's what executives are making decisions for. It's what they get paid to do, in it. So yeah, and I know that that you've been in the past. You've been like quite hesitant to to. Uh... Uh, criticise Michael Carter, haven't you? But I think on this one, um, it's fair to say that you really don't agree with this decision, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, do you know what? I think with Michael Carter, he's, he's got a lot of goodwill built up in the bank from you know saving the club from uh, going out of business, uh, finally sorting out the new stand and, and getting that underway and stuff. But it feels at the minute like over the last two or three seasons he's kind of just relying on that goodwill mm. and not sort of respecting us as fans and I think it's starting to wear on even the most you know supportive sort of fans mm. such I, I class myself as that whether they see it or not I don't know but um, yeah even even for the likes of myself who, who don't tend to bag the uh, the board and, and the club uh, it's, it's testing it's testing me and my not my loyalty towards the club but um, my faith in the regime, I guess. Yeah. The, I mean, what do you think? I mean, not from your point of view for as a fan, but what what do you think the club's aims were at the start of the season? Because the way that it's turned out last season, I think he won four out of five, didn't he? As the last uh, of the last games, and then this season they've had a real resurgence again at the end of the season. So at the beginning of the season, what, what do you think the club's aims were? If, if the club's aim was to finish higher than 
11th, I'd, I'd be shocked with the squad that they had. Yeah. Um, but clearly that wasn't enough. Uh, I mean, only what last week there was an article out saying that with if six close games had gone our way, we we could have been fighting for the playoffs and we probably should have been. But with the squad that we had, I, I don't see that. I think the mid-season acquisitions did well, but it wasn't. It was never a good squad. No. We've just got lucky with some recruitment, like Jai Whitbread, who was extended today. Corey Hall, um, research, uh, the emergence of Lewis Murphy as well. We've got lucky, but the the squad as it started with the one for thirteen was wasn't good enough mm. to finish any higher than tenth, which is where we finished. I suppose at the start of the season, if we'd have said to you, well, you're going to finish above Warrington, you'd have took that, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, the lack of the lack of players now must be a worry now with the, the comings and, well, more goings, I suppose, but that must be a little bit of a worry now for you going forward. Yeah, I think I think if it was really poaching as well, I'd have a little bit more faith in in the recruitment. And it's nothing against Mark Applegraff, but, Willie has a lot of connections in in the Antipodean world, and um, he'd probably be able to find some players that we've probably never heard of, or attract players that probably wouldn't have necessarily been linked with Wakefield. I mean, look at George uh, Taufua; he's he's a an RL player who's played over 150 games, been in RL. Mm. Not a chance he ends up at Wakefield if it's no Willie Torchard at Wakefield. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you when you've got players like that, and I don't know whether. Mark Applegaff has any sort of relationships like that in Australia and that worries me especially with such a big rebuild on Well you, you mentioned Mark Applegarth because that seems to be the that seems to be the name on people's lips doesn't it and he's the he's the current assistant isn't he to Willie Poaching or was should yeah, I say Yeah he's, he's, um, he, he's an ex ex academy player himself you know he played four years at Wakefield over, over 50 games or something around that figure um, went over to the uh, went into the championship as a player and has been at the club back at the club since about 2016. Responsible for bringing uh, Bachelor through and then all the young kids that you see now, mm. Crowder, Jowett, I think might have been responsible for them too as well. So yeah, um, um, he's, he's 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 done his apprenticeship and there's, I think every Wakefield fan kind of saw him being a head coach at some point because that's that's what we do we appoint from within um, but I don't think anyone expected it to be this soon no no is that is that looking at is that looking a definite do you think um, from what I've been told is exclusive for you uh, <laughs> from what I've been told from someone that knows him quite well uh, it's, it's done um, and it, it should be done tomorrow but but again, allegedly. So yeah. I cover myself in saying that. Yeah. Well, just in case it's not, just to finish with, Matt, I'm going to throw some names at you and you can give me a, oh, that would have been good. Oh, no. Or, <laughs> or, or, or don't be stupid. You know, you can, give me, you can give me one of those for these names, yeah? Just in case it doesn't yeah. done. Just, just, so I, just so you don't spoil my fun, really. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, these are the names that I've read as well. Some the way that these are the might be in the frame. Okay, right, Danny Orr. Uh, I wouldn't mind him as an assistant. Yeah. Okay, Sean Long. Uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Hodgson. Uh, um, again, 
if it was him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be anti but uh, Okay. I'm kind of glad it's not. All right. Uh, James Ford, who seems to be linked with every single job now when there's a sacking, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I might have second James Ford as well again. Yep. Maybe he's an assistant. Okay. Danny Ward. Yes, I'd have taken Danny Ward, yeah. 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 Uh, Craig Lingard. Absolutely, he would have been 100% my choice. So that anyone that follows me will know that I'm going to turn into a Craig Lingard propaganda account. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and the last name, Brian McDermott. He needs to stay in Featherstone and never come to Wakefield. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been reading he, your Twitter, that's why I put his name on. <laughs> <laughs> if, there's one, if there's one coach I do ne- I never want to see at Wakefield, it, it, he's that dinosaur. <laughs> he might have been good seven years ago, but... <laughs> I think that's a don't be stupid. That's a don't yeah. be stupid, yeah. If you, if you ask, if you ask, honestly, if you ask any Featherston fan what they think of their team this year compared to years gone by, they'd be more scared than I, than I am now. Brilliant. Well, listen, Matt, thank you for coming on tonight and thank you for being our Wakefield voice through the season and uh, I hope we can, uh, I hope we can uh, continue that for next season. Hopefully, see how positive I am. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, best of luck with everything that you do uh, down at Bellevue. Uh, get listening, get following, and uh, all things, uh, uh, all things, as you would say, as you would say, Matt, up the bloody train. <laughs> up the bloody train, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks so much, and we'll speak to you soon. No worries, man. See Cheers, you. Matt. Cheers, Matt. Right. Thanks, Matt. Uh... I hope things go well at Wakefield because I like Matt. Yeah. I like Wakefield, to be honest. I like going there. I like that sort of... I was going to say going back in time, but that's not right, is it? But you know, you know what I mean? It's I No, know, I, know I don't want to get into Wakefield's ground because they're going to have a new one and stuff like that. And when I say that, I mean it's old school rugby league. Mm. You park up, you go, you stand on the terraces, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, I really enjoy it. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's what I meant by that. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I don't think you were. Um, <laughs> well, the other news in the coaching world is obviously we mentioned last week that, that Brett Hodgson had been sacked and his replacement has now been named and that is Tony Smith. Yeah. That's a... Well... As we said last week, he doesn't have to move out, does he? No, <laughs> and and it, he's not the first person to go from from hold to hold KR or vice versa. How do you feel about that in terms of when when on the it... Humber when they say that this is the biggest derby, etc., etc.? They seem to have a lot of crisscrosses, don't they? I find it weird, and not it, there's nothing wrong with it really. It just happens a lot. It's just the amount of times that it happens that I find strange. Yeah. So. so I read Tony Smith today and he was saying that like he was in the supermarket and Hulk AR fans weren't giving him stick. They were just thanking him for his time there. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. No. You're a liar, Tony Smith. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. No. And he said when he was at Hulk AR, he didn't get much stick off the whole fans and it's now it's vice versa, so... He said he'd I give mean, everything to Hulk KR, look, and now he's moved on, and they, appre- and they accept and appreciate that. 
don't believe that. <laughs> he's a re- he seems a really nice guy, Tony Smith, but I don't believe him. <laughs> And also, they've nicked Stanley Jean. I was just about to say that. Well, I knew he'd quit yesterday. Has he gone to Hull? Yeah, he's yeah. gone to Hull. He's, he's Has done, he? Yeah, he's, he's Tony Swift's assistant, which I believe, I think you told me, you find that a little bit weird because of how much he talks about Hull KR in his book, doesn't he? About how much he, yeah, he loves he, the club. Yeah, he doesn't really They taught him to use the toilet and everything. Yeah. He or was that Huddersfield? Uh, I think it was Hull KR. It was Hull KR, yeah. Yeah. No, he does love Ulkar, doesn't he? When you, if you read his autobiography, that's all he talks about. Yeah, mm. how much he loves Ulkar. So I find it strange that that he's, he's gone there. He, he loves Tony Smith more though. Looking at his book. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose um, when you're in a job for so long, you you fancy a new challenge, and and he's got to get a squad phases. together. Yeah, yeah. And judging by off-field things that happen at, at Hull. That's going to be his biggest challenge. Well, this is this is the other thing to just very briefly consider. How much say is he going to have? Because Brett Hodgson's already signed Tex Hoy, Brad Dwyer, Liam Sutcliffe, and Peter Sutcliffe. There's <laughs> <laughs> not him, but there's another the Sutcliffe one. Sutcliffe brothers. Yeah, there's another one I'm missing. They've already signed another player. Right. So how much more is he willing to be able to have? thrown at him you know Don't think, oh Jake Truman Jake Truman yeah. so you know he's already pretty much got his squad so yeah that's not his work yeah. yeah to be fair a lot of them names on that list are pretty good yeah yeah I'm not saying that but are they players that Tony Smith wanted he's that I think Tony Smith's that good of a coach he'll make it work yeah yeah true okay I don't know about Buck Mackay I don't know much about him <laughs> <laughs> can you last me with a banana yeah that's all he'll be doing for Tony Smith. How in the hell would I do that? <laughs> Simpsons reference, if anybody doesn't understand that, yeah. Yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens. But, um, I mean, if, if if Tony Smith was in charge, announced of being in charge of my club, I think I'd feel pretty, pretty positive about it. Yeah. Yeah. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Yep, NRL time. I'll read the scores. If you want to jump in, feel free. Okay. Uh, Panthers 27, Eels 8. Uh, Eels get another chance this week. Yes. And as do the Sharks, who were beaten 32-30 by the Cowboys after extra time. Yeah, that it was in was... Golden Point, but Golden Point after extra time. Yeah, they had five minutes each way Golden Point, don't they? So they played ninety minutes, yeah. and then he dropped it in the ninety first, ninety second minute with a two point yeah. drop goal. As Val well. Holmes forty five yeah. yard drop goal, yeah. cool as a cucumber, wasn't he? Just well, not for the other fifteen minutes or whatever they played. <laughs> no, he actually... <laughs> right, on that particular drop goal. <laughs> He was very calm. And uh, the two games in the losers out, surprisingly, the Storm 20, the Raiders 28. Mm. They, they, they love it at the, at the Storm, the Raiders. I, I read that the record at Amy Park, if it's still called that, is yeah. uh, pretty, pretty well, more than good. don't think they've lost. I think that was the fifth consecutive win there. I don't think they've lost in five attempts now. Right. And as we know, as Jim Morrison would say, <laughs> Raiders beat the storm. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. again, yeah. And uh, the Roosters fourteen, the Rabbitohs thirty. Yeah, 
What a game. Mm, was it? Yeah, well, <laughs> just the amount of Simbins and things. I wouldn't have said what a game. Just but the Simbins, yeah. I, I just thought it was outrageous. I tell you what, though. If I'd have been knocked unconscious, the last thing I'd want to look up at is Jared Warrior Hargreaves staring at me like that. I yeah. thought he was going to eat him. Mm. Yeah. He looked like he wanted to go again, didn't he? Yeah. I did. What, what I found bizarre about that game was that whenever a team went down, yeah. the player, they scored a try or the two bu- tries. The Bunnies scored with 11 men. Yeah. It was a bizarre game and it it, it wasn't really... For me, I thought the level and the intensity was was really good, but in, in in terms of the not so much the rugby, but just the the entire sort of stop start and the the, the sim bins, it just wasn't for me. The one thing I didn't understand was when they keep talking about you know headshots mm. and whether they'd go to the bin, mitigating mm. circumstances. I've never heard that term. Does used that mean as he much? was like falling or something? Yeah, I've never heard that term used yeah. so much as they did last week. I I that was odd. Anyway. Uh, this week in the NRL, uh, losers out again. So it's the Eels against the Raiders and the Sharks against the Rabbitohs. That'll be a really good game, I think, that Sharks second one. Rabbitohs. Yeah, I think that'll be a good mm. game. I mean, they're probably, you know, we know what it's like over there. They're bo- both the games will be really good, yeah. no doubt. But I'm quite excited for the sharks Rabbitohs one. Yeah. So. Excellent. Mm. I'm just a fan, Alan, that's all. Your biggest fan. That's right, as we mentioned earlier, we've got all four fans of the semi-final teams and we're going to kick things off with the Saturday game and from a Salford point of view and we welcome Louise. Louise, how are you? Hi, gents. I'm great, thank you. Especially yeah. after the weekend. I bet. I bet. Are you all excited? I am. I'm, I'm ner- I am nervous, but but I am I'm, I'm, I'm excited as, in as, as much as we can be, really. Good, good. I think we, we, we've, you've underdone Louise's introduction there, Callum, because what you should have said was, and good friend of Martina and of Ratilova. <laughs> yeah. It's true, Louise, isn't it? It's true. I mean, it you, know, you interact on Twitter with Martina. I was like, I was really jealous, to be honest. I was. Like, I oh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can you say? Like, uh, when someone like that speaks to you, uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a compliment, really, isn't it? So. I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 um, yeah. So, right, but well, I'm happy to remain humble and grounded. Excellent. And you'll still speak to us. Oh, absolutely! Well, you're my first port of call, really, aren't you? Yeah, take that, Martina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen. When we spoke at the beginning of the season, um, you're. You weren't getting carried away. We were two games in the first time we spoke to you. And you were talking about consolidation for the season because there was upheaval with the ground and the ownership, etc. Um yeah. and we, you weren't you weren't getting very excited about things, were you? I think that's because of obviously with the with how we finished last season and then we didn't really hit the ground running, did we? We were kind of a bit shaky in parts and That'll be because we had a whole new spine that was trying to gel together. Mm. Um, and it's always the Salford where you're not going to say, oh, we're going to finish in the playoffs and get to a semi-final. You're, just, you're almost always happy to, to consolidate, which isn't great. But when you have the kind of upheaval we have of you know, coming in and out every mm. season, you kind of just want to compete, but also 
to stick in there in the Super League. But it's, I, I'm gladly I've, I've been proven wrong that they they have competed and they have really turned a few heads. Yeah, I mean, we were um, we were like, oh, come on, Louise, weren't we? Get excited in the first time, and then Salford then lost nine out of the next ten games. So yeah. we we didn't mention it that much after that, did we? Um, but no. man, since then they've now won thirteen out of the last sixteen. So, I mean, you just mentioned the the spine, but I suppose the other thing that's um, changed is it's just the expansive nature of the game that they play, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and the attitude really they've all they've all kind of dug in. So as much as we we like to focus on on playmakers. It's been a, it's been a team effort from the forwards to to those on the bench. I mean, we're all talking about Chris Atkins this week because of mm. him having to come in and cover for Brody. But Chris Atkins been a sensation. But as has Jack Elmwood and um, yeah, you know Sam Luckler. You've got all the players Tyler Dupree. You've got them all have, have put a great shift in that that's made allowed the the halfbacks to play as well as they have. Yeah. Um, so. It really is a combined team effort. There's not, there's not just one. We're not a one-man team, so that's really nice to to see them yeah. play like that. Well, we've been uh, we've been singing the praises of Andy Ackers as well over the over the last few weeks on the pod as well, and uh, he's been an absolute revelation this season, hasn't he? Oh yeah, if he's not the best hooker in the league, then then show me who is. I know we all love James Roby for his. For just James Roby is the epitome of what you want in a rugby league player. But if you want to take England forward, you need to be looking at Andy Ackers, really. Mm. We, we, yeah, we, we've just posed the question about would he make the World Cup squad, and, and we've said probably no, but we don't know why. Because you're usually picked on on your name and not your form, aren't you? Really, in yeah. in, in Test rugby, and it, I think it'd be very wrong not to take him. Yeah. Because you need that kind of enthusiasm and that new energy about it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna surprise, you know, surprise a few teams, you need to put people in there that they don't really know about. Yeah, yeah. Well, one person, one person we do know about this season is Brody Croft, and um, he will be a miss, won't he, this weekend? Uh, sleepless nights. I mean, I was lay there. My partner was saying, "What are you thinking about?" Thinking, I was thinking about work, and I was thinking about Brody Croft, and I couldn't say <laughs> I'm thinking about Brody Croft. <laughs> But I genuinely was, I was worrying about Brody crossing, you know, God. And more feeling gutted for him. I mean, he's play, he's done all this hard work and, and played his socks off and been the best player in the league, in my opinion. Man of Steel all day long. Yeah. For him to miss out on a, a technicality. But I, I understand the technicality because if it was the other team, I'm sure we'd be saying, no, they've got to sit it out, they've got yeah, to sit it right. out. So yeah. you just got to take it and you've got to think it's not the it's not going to be his last dance. Hopefully he'll get us to get there. when we're at Old Trafford, he can, he can show, what, yeah. show us what he's made of again. I, I think, Callum, I think I'm right. In, if it had been last season, they'd been out of play, wouldn't they? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the protocols change. Is it eight Ten days, days yeah, Ooh, this season? So he would have been out of play, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate, isn't it? Really, it's just one of them things you just got to you just got to get on with it. It is. I mean, the news coming out of Saints, Louise, isn't doesn't sound fantastic for Saints. Warmsley's already been ruled out. Not sure about mm. Percival, Matautia, Hopoate. You know, does that is there a is there a I don't know is is there a feeling from Salford that I wouldn't say they were favourites, but I was going to say you know is is there a real closing of that gap there for this weekend I think 
we can we take heart from the fact that we we trounced Saints at our ground. Yeah. We we had, and they had nearly a full strength team at our place, and, and we completely smashed smashed them. So yeah. I think I think them knowing that they could do that with Saints having their best team, yeah. I think that will stand them in good stead. So they're not going to go there thinking oh oh it's Saints. They'll just go there and concentrate on doing what Salford do. And yeah. we've shown, like you said, the last thirteen games or so, we've we've completely blue teams away and the one the one game where we haven't was just you know Hull came to our place and, and really got us in that battle and we managed to grind it out and, and teams are saying oh we can't Salford can't grind it out well we did yeah. and, and if we're not blowing you away we're going to we're going to really push you far yeah. you know so I think we just got to concentrate on Salford and not what St. Helens do or don't have which I suppose is what Paul Raleigh will be doing anyway won't it and the job he's done has been, uh, particularly over the second half of the season, has been absolutely fantastic, hasn't it? Yeah, he's a great, he's a really great guy, and we we loved Watto for what Watto did. But the the funny thing is, Rowley was there, so when Watto had the, he had a bit of a dip with us, and the the fans were calling through his head. Then Paul Rowley come in as as uh, like an attacking style coach, and he was kind of under the radar. People didn't really know, mm. and he was there when in that season when we got to Old Trafford. And he was there when we got to Wembley as well. So he's always been in that background. So the, the lot of success that we've had over the last few years, Paul Rowley's been there. Yeah. So it shows you that he's he that's his that's his um, stamp on the team and on the club. So you know, I think we've done such great business there, making sure that he is our head coach. Definitely, and I think as well, you know, uh, you know, Bobby was saying that when you've got a, uh, an attacking coach with you know that sort of flair. Goes on mm. so well with the fan, doesn't it? It's you know, it's um, it's a breath of fresh air in today's game, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really yeah, is. and and he's not arrogant. He's got no arrogance about him. I mean, obviously, people were kind of dirty on him with with how Lee Lee he played when when they were with Lee, and they were kind of like a, an aggressive, almost dirty type style team. But that was because they had enforcers, so called enforcers, who would get themselves into a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, but what they don't realise is Paul Rowley's big on his defence. So if you look at how our defence from Saturday, the Huddersfield were peppered on our line and we just we batted them away even with a man in the bin. It was unreal. It was like any other Salford team from years gone by would have capitulated there and then, especially being away from home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, look at the player he was anyway. Paul Rowley was a fantastic player, weren't he? Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was, he was like a terrier. He was, he, was, he was up there with one of the best nines in the comp. So... Mm. It doesn't surprise me that he's got his team playing like that as well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, uh, before we get the Saints' point of view, Louise, we can't let you go without uh, without a prediction, can we? Now, I okay. hope this is going to be better than the, your prediction league efforts because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was one league, there was one week when you didn't score any points, wasn't there? Well, that's not, I mean, I'm a, I'm a thinker, aren't I? <laughs> I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a hoper, I'm a thinker, I'm not really a... Yeah, I can't. I can't ever back me back against my team. Can I go no. against my team? So exactly. So and, I, and if not, I'll just tweet Martina and see what she thinks. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so come on then. What have we got for this week then? What 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 are we going with? I'm going with Salford, and I'm going uh, twenty-two twelve to Salford. I like it. Oh yes, we did, right. We're going to get this off of the other people as well now, Callum. Yeah, okay. exact scores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exact scores. Yeah. So yeah. Salford twenty two twelve. Louise, if you yeah. are right, then obviously we'll be looking to get you back on next week, won't we? Yeah, thank you. And I'll uh, I'll try and get a retweet from a certain 
Yeah. Then it's super yeah. <laughs> yeah, see the most famous person you can get a retweet off of this, Louise. We're dead yeah, impressed. she'll probably think, I wonder what the hell this is, exactly. but, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll let you go because I know you've got a box of Lego to get back to, haven't you? Just, or to stand on, you yeah, know. to stand on. All yeah. right, nice one. Louise, thank you so much for coming down and thanks for this season as well. Pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Speak Cheers, to you guys. Soon. Cheers, thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Well, really interesting phone call, really. I, I particularly liked the... Because uh, obviously it's devastating that bro- for, for Salford that Brodie Croft's out. Yeah. But, you know, she said, well, you know, we, we're not a one-man team and... She's right, we, Louise. He's we, absolutely. You look spot at on. this player, this player, that player, and what they've done this year. And yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about sometimes with teams with unsung heroes. Salford have got a team full of them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, they have. Mm. Andy Acker's case in point. Yeah. So I think so. brilliant. Yeah. Right. So now we go across to the other end, so to speak, don't we? Mm. Well, the other end of the East Lanks Road, actually. Yep. And uh, I'm delighted to introduce uh, Steve Orford on the pod tonight Saint, uh, at St. Biffy. Steve, welcome to the pod once again. Thank you very much. Uh, great to be here again. Yeah, well, obviously you're here because we've got an important semi-final to talk about. Yes, uh, yes. And uh, I'm going to hand over to Callum because he's going uh, to ask you some questions about it. Yes, okay. it all seems to be happening over the last day or so at St. Helens, doesn't it? Uh, obviously, Steve, we just had uh, Louise on from Salford, and she said last night that she was up all night thinking about Brodie Croft, uh, and she couldn't <laughs> sleep. So have you been uh, finding yourself lacking concentration now that the Warnsley news has broken? He's going to be out for this season. A little bit, but I mean, as a, from a Saints perspective, you're not sure which of, which of the players... You want to worry about the most? We've got a few more problems than just just Brody Croft. As important as he is to Salford, we've we've got we've had injuries in, in our team for for considerable time now. Uh, and now, obviously, today the news has broke about Alex Warmsley being out. So it's just a uh, it's sort of insult to, in, to injury, quite quite literally at the moment, isn't it? With the, with the way Saints squad is. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a big worry, uh, and, and a lot of Saints fans, I think, I'm sensing out on social media. Uh, more than a tad concerned about uh, about our prospects for this weekend. And, I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a huge miss. He's, he's one of the best props in the world. But it, for, for me, I don't think he's been Saints best forward this season. I think Ignatius Paz has been excellent. And, and obviously, it's not bad backup to have, really, is it? It's not a bad backup to have. Absolutely right. But I'm, I'm not too sure I agree that he's, that he's been our best. Alex Wormsley, I think, in some ways, is a victim of his own success in that regard because he's mm. quite he's a little bit below where he's been the last year or two maybe. I think he's still been our our main source of go forward if you like in that front row. If you look at the stats, I think he's he's still ahead of the other two, uh, the two of the two being Lees and and Parsi. Um, but I, I'm not got no problems with Parsi starting. I think I think that'll be uh, that'll be fine. My my main concerns are in the backs to be honest, more than the forwards. Because mm, obviously the. the... Still questions over Percival whether he'll play. There's rumours that, that Hopper White is torn his hamstring again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's the Grace is out. Dodd's been out. So mm-hmm. if 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 Percival is back and Hopper White is back, does that mean that Hopper White will go to full back, Percival on the wing and? Wales being the halves? Uh, I certainly think 
Papawati would go to fullback. I think Papawati himself is the key to everything because he allows you then to then move Wellsby into the halves. Because yeah. mm. um, otherwise, you're running with either Ben Davis or uh, he's tried James Roby there, I know as well. Um, you've got the option of Benison at fullback, uh, I suppose. But uh, I would, I'd be inclined maybe to play uh, if Papawati's fit, play Benison on the wing mm. uh, and bring Percival back into the centres. You've still got Merkinson and Hurrell mm. to the side. And you could have Wellsby and, and Lomax in the half. I think that would be the seven I would go with if Apoati's fit. But as I say, I think Apoati is the key to everything. I think if he plays, in some ways, that's more important than, than Percival to me because he just because of the flexibility it gives us to, to move pieces around in a more kind of comfortable way, if you like. Without Apoati, we're, we're shifting pieces and, and, and I just don't think it works with Davis at six or, or even James Robbie there, as good as he is. I mean, he can play him anywhere, really. But in this level, in this sort of big game of this magnitude, I'm not too sure... Uh, that I want to go that way. Um, but Percival, uh, when I was at the uh, the Saints Forum a couple of weeks ago, Christian Wolf was fairly certain that Percival would play uh, in this game, despite the fact that he'd already ruled him out of the Toulouse game. So what we're looking at is Percival coming back in, having not played since early May uh, in the semi-final. So that's a big ask. Mm. Um, but I think we are crying out for more pace in the backs. Mm. Um, so I think he would be a, a, a decent addition if he can physically handle it and but but as I said rustiness will be a factor with, with Percival I would imagine um, but it showed up against I think certainly against Wigan a few weeks ago when we had Bachelor in the centres uh, I think we had uh, Hurrell uh, Makerson I think might have been either Ben Lane or, or Josh Sim on the wing we just didn't have enough pace in the side to trouble Wigan mm. and that's ultimately why we lost that game so we're going to play teams at that level in the next couple of weeks if we get through this one and then play Wigan or Leeds we're desperate for pace back in the team Mm. The, the the pace situation doesn't really s- seem to be getting any better with the loss of, of Regan Grace either, does it? So if you could no. if you could bring anybody in, is there anybody in particular that you'd want to bring in for next season? Oh, for, you mean for to replace Regan to Grace? Replace Regan Grace, yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of uh, names that have been raised. I think certainly the guy at Wakefield, Lewis Murphy. Uh, has been mentioned. Uh, if money was not objecting contracts and all that kind of thing, were no object. I think the best left wing uh, is probably Ash Hanley at Leeds. I'd have him in there mm-hmm. if, if we could. But real, being more realistic, I think uh, yeah, Lewis Murphy is the one everyone's got their their eyes on. Um, there's a guy T. Ritson plays down in the Championship who, who people seem to think is a a, a good prospect. Um, yeah, but beyond those two, I mean, I, there's other players that have played really well. Like I think Fuad Yahar's had a great season. Uh, for Catalan on on the left wing there, he'd be, he'd be certainly be a good a good bet. But it's it's availability at the end of the day, isn't it? Who's off contract? Who's available? Uh, Christian Wolf was asked, asked about this at the forum as well, and he he wasn't sold on the idea of Ritson, uh, and he sort of batted Murphy away by saying that you know he's under contract to another club, and they, they don't really you know it's unlikely to play a transfer fee, let's say. Mm. So you know, looking at the off contract wingers, um, doesn't seem to be a huge amount of uh, uh, options out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were if they were to import somebody from uh, from the NRL, but that would in turn meaning letting someone go. So um, that obviously the fans would speculate that that person might be Hopoati, given that he's not been uh, able to string two or three games together all season, and he's been uh, from that point of view uh, a disappointment. Although when he has played, I think he's been pretty good, and, and he's and he's made the team better. But if you can't rely on him fitness wise, maybe it's uh, time to cut the losses. Mm. Because the St. Ellen's haven't lost a game with him in the team, I saw. Uh, early, yeah, yeah. So that's that, yeah. Mm. Well, I think they're 10 yeah, but 10. Apparently 10 out of 10, yeah. yeah. But I think they've, they've lost. 
mm. and they've lost seven of the other 17 mm. when he hasn't played. Yeah. It's not like that. So, yeah, I mean, he's massive just because, as I said before, what he, what he allows you to do around him and, and how you can organise your back your back line when he's in there. Yeah, he brings a better balance to the team, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, we've just rattled off all, all, all the injuries that, that, that we're currently going through at St. Helens. Um, do you think Saints are still favourites, not only for Saturday, but for the grand final? I think they might be slight favourites still uh, for Salford, for the Salford game um, because of the loss of Brodie Croft, which I think is equally massive for them. Um, because as good as they've been, he has been, you know, the real the real standout for them. Um, he's been, you know, a different level in terms of the halfback player. Whenever I've whenever I've seen him, I've not seen him that often because I obviously don't see Salford every week. But um, whenever I've seen him, he's been absolutely outstanding. And uh, you could tell the difference in their attack in that second half against Huddersfield uh, on Saturday when he wasn't there. Mm. It didn't quite click, and it wasn't quite as uh, threatening. Uh, but I don't expect them to change. Tactically, I think the philosophy will be the same. They'll try and go around us rather than through us uh, with the pace they've gone out wide in the likes of uh, Lafayette and, and Burgess. And then you've got Ken Seo, who's like one of the top try scorers in the league. So they've got plenty of threats still without Croft. They'll just they'll probably just slip Atkin in there and play, try and play the same way, but Atkin isn't Brody Croft. So I think no. uh, if we can get Hopawati and Percival on the field, I think we, I still fancy us to edge it. I just, I'm, I'm worried about, if we do edge it, I'd be even more worried about playing against a Wigan for example, uh, without Alex Wormsley, uh, because that's that's a tough ask to play against. Uh, the, let's say the style of player that they adopt yeah. without your without your uh, you know your talismanic uh, front man, mm. and, and if it's going to be a physical battle first and foremost because you've got to earn the right to, to play the the fancy stuff if you like. And uh, without Wormsley, I think they might might be a danger. We get a bit bullied, and also last time we played them, as I said, there wasn't enough pace in our back. So if they bully us and they have more pace it's going to be very difficult to see us beating them. Mm. We we'll sort of touched on it there, but I'll give you a quick scenario for you then, Steve. Would mm-hmm. you rather lose on Saturday or win on Saturday and lose to Wigan in the grand final? <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it, that? <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And because it's not like we haven't lost enough grand finals in our recent history, so uh, we'd, never be, uh, we'd never be able to forget if we lost to Wigan in the grand final. They remind us about those grand finals we lost uh, in the start of the uh, the middle of the two thousands, often enough as it is, mm. uh, so if we lost a grand final to them, it would be pretty horrific. But then again, at the same time, you don't want to say, "Oh, let's just lose to Salford and leave them to it." Yeah. You got to give it a shot. So I would say, on balance, I'd rather win and give ourselves the chance of beating Wigan, uh, and then than actually just go out now meekly and let leave Wigan to it to to claim the title anyway. That, that they're going to win it anyway against a, against Salford. I would imagine if if they do. Um, get over the top of us so yeah I'd prefer to win and then at least it gives us a, a hope of, of um, you know toppling them but yeah I mean if you're going to tell me that the the prize for winning is to lose to Wigan then it's not much of a prize um, <laughs> but I still I still take a grand final rather than not getting there I think yeah no completely agree you've got to be in it to win it haven't you yeah yeah well finally then Steve before we let you go can't let you go without a prediction so I would like an exact score for Saturday <laughs> Right, I'm. I'm going to go with my heart, not my head, slightly here, um, as I did last night on that on that uh, 13 pro arm. I made a prediction, uh, and I said at the time it was, it was more heart than head. So I'm going to go Saints 18, Salford 16. Ooh, close, close game. Close one, yeah. I can see it being close, even if we haven't got our best team out. I think I don't think they'll 
you know, run away with it, Salford. But uh, mm. if without those two key players, Hopalati and Percival, I would make them slight favourites. But with them, I think we might edge it. Brilliant. Well, thank you for coming on, Steve. And obviously, if if Saints do get through to the grand final, we'll be looking at getting you back on next week then, eh? That'd be great, yeah. No worries. Excellent. So, lastly, Steve, um, have Saints got a better chance than Liverpool tonight of beating Ajax? <laughs> Oh, yeah, infinitely, infinitely better than Liverpool. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I've not, seen, I've not seen their team yet, but um, it, whatever it is, I reckon Saints have got more chance. All right. Thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. Pleasure. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye. 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 Well, there we have it. The first semi-final in the bag. And obviously, if you want to hear more, Steve, you can listen to 13 Pro-Am. Yeah, excellent. the podcast that... that uh, Steve does. Yeah, I listen to that. It's really good. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I've got to say though, out of the uh, the two fans we've had on there, with Steve at Saints and Louise at Salford, Louise looked more confident, doesn't she? Do you think? I, I think, think she it, does. I think, yeah. Do you know what? I think I think Steve and a lot of Saints fans are still in shock with all these rumours that have been happening over the yeah. last few yeah. hours. Or so I think just, Louis, it's like think, a bomb. Gone I think off. Louise likes being the uh, the underdog, isn't it? I, mean, I think that's how Salford thing, like yeah. it as well. Yeah, I think so, Salford but... like it so. All right. But yeah. Right. Well, I suppose we'd better move on to the second semi final, then, haven't we? Mm. Yes, which is uh, Leeds versus Wigan. And I'm delighted. Well, we've got the super sub tonight, haven't we? We have, uh, yeah. Eddie's, Eddie, who's normally with us, has sent his co host tonight. I don't know whether that's a lack of confidence or he's just not around. <laughs> so we, I'm delighted that we've got uh, we've got Reach with us tonight from uh, from the Lot Pod. Uh, Reese, welcome to the welcome to the loose forward pod. Thanks very much. You know, and like... Ed, Ed, Eddie's, Eddie's not short of delusion. I think I, I think it's just his kid's bedtime. Other than that, he would have been on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, uh, Reese. I've got Bobby with me. Bobby's going to uh, be asking you some questions about the uh, about the semi final because we're yep. guess, we're guessing that you're all excited for it now. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Excellent, excellent. Stat man to stat man. <laughs> Oh yeah, yes, 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 start off in it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that one. I haven't got my spreadsheets in front of me. That's yeah. just no, fair. that's that's fair. I'll, I'll give you time. <laughs> spreadsheets, bubbles. You you way behind here. You just have five little notes. <laughs> okay, uh, so just moving on with the, the uh, semi final race. I want to start by, if I can, talking to you about <clears throat> Rowan Smith and uh, the the influence he's brought into to the Leeds camp. Uh, so before Rowan Smith got here, you were, you'd won one in 10 games. You were almost in a, what? well, I suppose you could call it a relegation battle. And Rowan Smith comes in and all of a sudden you, you're on 10 from 12, you're fifth, you've made the playoffs. What do you think's changed the most in there? I think a lot of it's just. I think a lot of it is man management. Um, you've seen, particularly with players, you know, James Bentley is a completely different player um, under Rowan than he has been under Agar. I'm not saying I'm not really putting don't want to blame Agar for that because I think a lot of it was still Bentley's actions and maybe some of the rules of the RFL at the time. But you know, Bentley hasn't had a ban. Uh, I don't think he's had, he's had, he's had one since. I think uh, Agar, uh, Agar, sorry, since Agar left. And Rowan's come in, so I think there's a lot of man management there. You know, Tevano, since he's come back after his State Helens ban, uh, he's been brilliant. You know, and the likes of growing players, like I mean, Jared O'Connor's been immense in that hooker role. 
uh, and was the best player in that in that game against Catalan uh, on Friday. So I think a lot of it's down to to the man management. And when when Gary Havington was looking for a coach, he was saying he was he was going to look for a, he was like a big name or he heard a couple of quotes. And when Roman was appointed, quite a few of us were like, uh, "All right, not really sure who this is." Didn't really fit with the manager that Gary Havington was telling us. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us have had to read our words. Um, since then because at no point did I think we'd be in the playoffs at that point when we were without Agar and looking for a new coach so I mean Roman's done a phenomenal job and I'm well I'm 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 at peace with the fact we've made the playoffs since a phenomenal year and phenomenal recovery and I do think we can win on Friday but I'm also so excited for next year but I think it's his man management has been a massive difference yeah, definitely, and uh, obviously you, you're speaking about the the man management and the the the, um, the lack of bans in in some of your higher players in Bentley and and Tetevano. Do you think one of Rowan Smith's sort of influences is very key on on discipline? We were talking about this earlier in the Catalans game. They seem to really try to wind you up, and and you you sort of kept you cool. And if if you'd have asked that earlier in the season. Who was going to get more? Ban- who was going to get more simbined in that game? I don't think you'd have said Catalans. I don't. I think when I, think when I looked up, I remember from the stats, we actually are conceding in just the amount of the same penalties as we were under Agar. But obviously, I think it's the nature of those penalties we were conceding back then are slightly different. Um, but that, that, if you looked at the, if you ever watched the behind the scenes videos that these rhinos produced on YouTube, you can see a lot of the players and Rowan are talking about just keep calm, keep your discipline, and Catalan beat themselves on Friday. Um, you know, without a doubt, they beat themselves. I mean, Dylan Napa was lucky to be on the pitch, um, you know, after his two incidents, of which he's been banned now for one of the... Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not certain... I don't think the discipline's been better because the penalty count's still been there. But I think the nature of the penalties that we're conceding and the, certainly the discipline to keep calm and not get involved in that fracas. And again, Bentley is a name to call out because McLaurin and Tompkins are after him all afternoon or all evening, sorry, and there were points when they were just going for him and he just kept his cool. And he won that battle on Friday, which is brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just moving forward into the actual game itself and speaking with, with the injuries, uh, obviously we saw against Catalans that you were missing quite a few players last week uh, with Handley, Martin, Newman and Dwyer. Now, obviously, we already know um, Reese Martin is set to appeal the, the the frivolous charge he got last week. But is there any further news on potentially having some of these players back as well? Well, Martin's definitely not back because the appeal to the appeal on the appeal about the the ban has uh, not come through. Um, so he's banned uh, for Friday. That's just come out in the last half hour. Right. Okay. Um, so definitely about Martin. Um, Newman was fifty fifty. I think if Newman's sixty seventy percent, you play him. Yeah. Because even with sixty percent, sixty-seven percent fitness on Newman, he's the best player on the pitch, best player in the league. Um, and you know, we also didn't have Fussy Tua last week, and without Fussy Tua and Hanley, we, we didn't have the we didn't have the usual meters that we would normally get uh, on the returning the kicks. Um, so I think we will have some injury. Apparently, seasons a doubt as well. But I think I think most Super League teams have learned how to manage with it, and most are used to playing with different spines and. Uh, and, and managing and look at, and if you've got versatile players and that's where it helps and I think Leeds do have those versatile players that can slot in and they've all they've all played with each other at some point this season because of how we've had to change the side um, so I don't, I'm not too worried uh, from an injury perspective because I think we've got suitable players that can fill in Yeah so with with this game as well you, you, you're probably playing 
the strongest team in the playoffs at this point with with other teams having um, the injuries as well and just the attacking style of play that, that Wigan can produce. So where do you see this game being won and lost for Leeds? You know, can you get can you get past Wigan? I'm just going to say on one thing like you did say earlier, if Brodie Croft was playing on Saturday, because I don't think he is, is he? If he was, Salford were the strongest team going into the playoffs, I think, this weekend, by the way. Um, Wigan, I think you, it's the obvious what you need to stop. You need to stop Jai Field and Bevan French. Um, we are potentially, we've got, I think we've got a stronger pack and we will control the middle, especially when they don't have Liam Farrell, you know, who's a fantastic player and a quality leader. Um, so I think if, at least need to employ very similar tactics to our big win at Headingley uh, not that long ago, which was containing Field and French uh, and having a go at them uh, up, the, up the middle and using our attack, our back to finish it off. So I think it'll be won and lost on our ability to contain those two phenomenal players that they've got. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Rhys. I really appreciate your, your thoughts and, uh, and opinions there. But, however, I can't let you go without asking for an exact prediction. I want to know what you think the final score will be on Friday night. Um, I said 16-10 in our uh, preview earlier in the week on the lot pod. So I'm going to stick with 16-10. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I wish yourself and Leeds the best of luck in the playoffs uh, on Friday. And thank you very much for once again joining us. No, my pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank yeah. you. Cheers, Reese. Thanks, Reese. Thanks Cheers. a lot, mate. Right. Well, interesting. You're getting Louise vibes from mm. Reese. Yeah. I found it very interesting that he, uh, he he thought Salford were the strongest team in the playoffs as well. Mm. I, I, I think that's, that's a fair a, argument. No, yeah. I think it's it is, but very argument. good honesty yeah. as well. I think it's uh, nice to see another team be appreciated. And brought us the Reese Martin news. Yeah. Yes. That the appeal against the appeal has been unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. rightly so, really. But, but excellent. Well, not in terms of the uh, just anyway. No. Yeah. Well, good, excellent substitute. Thank you, Reese. Yeah. Brilliant. And last, but certainly not least, because there's a shadow over these three teams. That's the Wigan Warriors. Mm. Do you think? Yeah. And we're delighted to say that representing that huge shadow is Johnny, our our, our Wigan correspondent for the season. Johnny, welcome <laughs> to the pod again. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. I was like, I'd give him a big build up there, didn't I? You do, yeah. Very, nobody else got that. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, just Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, are you getting excited yet? Ooh, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am looking forward to it. Um, okay, sound it. Then, I've, yeah. Just... I've, I've enjoyed. <laughs> it's, it's getting that time of the year where it's that you you don't. Uh, enjoy it as much as you get nervous more than anything and it's one of those but that, that is very I'm sure true I'm yeah. sure I'll enjoy it all the same <laughs> very true Johnny do you think that Wigan are probably the most the informed team and the best team in going into these playoffs going into your first playoff game um, well I think all the teams that are left are, are probably the four form teams I think I mean, I was hoping Catalan and 
Huddersfield would have got through because I, I was more confident, would have been more confident playing either of those two teams than Leeds or Salford because they've they have been like the poorest two out of the six, uh, considering they finished third and fourth. But I mean, they've been good throughout the year. But coming into this end of the year now, I think uh, yeah, the the four we've got left are the the best four teams. But I think uh, I think beating Saints the other week was a big marker for us. I didn't know how it would go. I was just uh, like worried if we'd have let them win the league leaders at home. Mm. Uh, I missed that game. I had COVID actually, so it was like the biggest game of the year, and I missed it. Oh no! But uh, yeah, I had to settle for uh, being an armchair fan for the night. But no, it's uh, it a good watch. I'll be saying that one. Well, during that game, obviously Liam Farrell <laughs> got injured, and now there's rumours that Cade Cust and Sam Powell are out. If if all three of them are out now for Friday night, where? What's your, what's your strongest team then? Where where's the game won? Um, well, I think one of the things some of the the commentators who do the Wigan TV they were really sort of skeptical of Brad O'Neill in the Saints game, mm. and I thought he stepped up really well in that. I thought he he was brilliant in that game, and he's not really put a foot wrong since he's come into the team. To be honest, so no, he's impressed me. When I've seen him. And so you've got him, and then you've got obviously Tommy Lulawai coming back as well. He played well against Catalan when he came back. Um, but I think for me, like after Cust got injured in the cup final, Jay Field slotted in at six really well. And obviously, then you've got the luxury of being able to put Devon French at fullback, which is <laughs> something that not most teams have got, is it? And no. um, so I do think we've, we've got quite a, a, bit, a good. Uh, bit of adaptability within the team we've got players who can shift into other positions obviously you could just put Lulai straight in at seven with uh, Harry Smith but I think if those players are injured I've heard today that cost isn't as bad it's not as bad as the cup final one Mm. Uh, but if he doesn't play then I've put six at stand uh, field at six sorry um, with Smith because I think when he's played there He's he's played a different role to what he's done at fullback, and he can just sort of create those little gaps rather than be the one who goes through the gap and is in support. Um, put Bevan at fullback, and uh, probably go with. Um, I'll put Brad on start Brad O'Neill, and then Lulai can interchange Hooker off the bench like they did in the cup final. Mm, there's some really you know there's a few things you can do there, which is really good thing to have isn't it but outside of field and French because we all know what a terrific season they've had and how important they are who's, who's impressed you this season and who's going to be the danger man come Friday night um, I think I think Morgan Smithies has really impressed me this year I know a lot of opposition fans will call him this and call him that but He's really improved his game because he was a bit of a liability the last couple of years. He came through that 2019 season, I think it was. He was a bit of a revelation and played a few games. And then 20 and 21, he was giving away stupid penalties all the time. But he he makes some really good meters now. I don't know if that's something Matty Pete's drilled into him or Lee Breers probably. Um, But he's just, he seems to have controlled that 
aggression a little bit. Obviously, he uses it to his advantage when when he can and gets away with a few things. Uh, but for me, he's been a, a really big improvement this year. Mm. And I think I was Bosk coming in as well. He was a bit of a chink in the armour. We didn't have a standoff really at the start of the year. It was, it was going to be Smith and Lulawai. And then obviously we, we got uh, crossed into he's, he's sort of quietly gone about his business as well. I think, there's, I think there's a few outside of those two that can still cause a bit of damage and people can't, uh, opposition can't take their uh, take their eyes off those and just focus on French and field. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've been outstanding, haven't they? Um, this season, the odd game, Wigan have thrown in a bad game, haven't they? You know, they lost to, to Wakefield, to Leeds, uh, they lost to Hull and Catalan earlier in the season. Is there any chance of that happening on Friday? <coughs> I mean, I'd like to say no, but you don't know, do you? I mean, knockout football now, it's business end of the season. I think I was I was disappointed when, when we played Leeds last time at Headingley and we got beat. I genuinely think they underestimated Leeds. I think they thought they didn't need to do as much as they actually did because Leeds were really fired up for that game and they absolutely wiped us out of the park. Um, so I think obviously having the week off as well we've got to shut them down in the first 20 minutes and because I know they, they won it wasn't that tight was it but they've still played at a game they're going to have some tired bodies out there they had to fly to France as well so I think we shut them down shut their enthusiasm down in the first 20 minutes and we should be alright but you never know do you in uh, knockout rugby league no absolutely not Um I mean, we, we've spoke about Field and French and how good they've been, but, but Matty Pete has been phenomenal, really, hasn't he? You you must be pleased with how that's turned out. Not massively. I mean, I came on, didn't I, at the end of last season um, and spoke about that appointment. And I said, the only, the only way is up with it. And I don't think anybody thought we'd be in the position where we are where we could very well do the double this season and it's you know it's not beyond the realms of possibility is it um but i think it's just the culture of it i mean uh, you speak to a lot of people and the things that he does and he, he organizes these open training sessions and the way that he, he just talks to fans and and it just it just makes the the place I and mean, it's a bit of a cliche because you see it all the time but it does genuinely make my match day experience a lot happier. It's the, the most uh, happiest I've been going watching Wigan for a long, long time now. Mm. And it, that's that's down to what, what he's brought in. Regardless of whether we go on to win the grand final, it's been a, a massive upheaval from last season anyway. Um, but for the last season, the last couple of years under Sean Wayne, it wasn't enjoyable rugby to watch. It was very much grinding a result out, defence-based but we're seeing some really, really nice attack this year. And that's obviously down to him, him and Breers. And we'll see next year what happens with uh, Lulai coming in for Breers. Mm. Yeah, I, I think Lee, Lee Breers has been phenomenal. Um, and I think he's done a really, really good <coughs> job as the attacking coach. Um, but there's two games left. Can Wigan go on and win them both? Yeah, of course they can. I mean... Any one of them can, but you've got to you've got to favour Wigan and Saints, haven't you? They've got 
they've had that bit of a rest. I know the two, the, the other two teams are, are coming off the back of good results last week and a good run up into the playoffs. But um, I'd, I'd like to think that we're going to change to just have a bit too much for the uh, respected teams that are playing this week. Mm. So uh, um, a Wigan Saints grand final is that you what you're predicting? Yeah, that's my prediction. I think I would have fancied Salford, but with obviously with the Brodie Cross injury, I think that is a massive uh, proposition anyway. Then you add taking your star man out of the equation as well. I think it'll be a, a step too far for both teams. I remember I'm growing up going to Headingley when we used to scrape the playoffs, like 2007 8. Um, I, I used to go to Headingley away in the semi final, and it was always just, well, it was a step too far getting to the final. And I think this year the shoe might be on the other foot now. Mm. Well, I'll give you obviously, we, we, we did the Saints Salford game before we come on to this one, and obviously, we had uh, Steve Orford, our Saints fan, on, yeah. and I'll give him the same scenario. I'll give you the same scenario as I give him. Would you rather lose on Saturday? Friday. uh, Sorry, Friday. Or Mm. would you rather win on Friday and lose to Saints in the grand final? (laughs) 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 What did he he say? I'm not telling you yet. (laughs) Fair enough. It's a bit of a cop-out from me, that. Um, I'll probably say lose to Saints in the final just to say we got there, but... I mean, I'm still not over that 2020 final. I'm just glad that no one could actually go and watch that. Um, but uh, to do, would we definitely lose if we got to the final? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I'd probably say lose this week then. Steve went with your first option, didn't he? Steve would yeah, rather he... get there and say, give yourself a chance to win it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he's... he's uh, they they've won a few there, so a loss to them's not a big deal. But I think we owe them one in the final after that, and the Ben Flower won in twenty fourteen. I don't think we beat them in the grand final since twenty ten. No, I think that's right. So yeah. we definitely we definitely owe them one. I mean, I'm talking like we're going to play things. It might not be yet. Right, no, no, no. Could, be <laughs> could be Leeds and Salford yet. Yeah, it could be. yeah. yeah. So. Well, before we let you go, then, Janet, last question. <laughs> while we're on predictions, our um, What's your prediction for Friday night? And I would like an exact score, please. <laughs> well, the last time I did one of these is when you had me on the week before the cup final, That's and right. I got that horribly. I mean, I got I got the result right. I picked Wigan to win, but I think I said that they'd run away with it in the end, and obviously it took until last minute to uh, to get the winner there. So I'm going to say I think it'll be tight. Uh, I think it'll be neck and neck for fifty, sixty minutes, and I think it'll be. 20 points to 6 to Wigan in the end okay mm. very good right well thank you uh, Johnny and obviously if, if you win on, on uh, Friday night we'll, we'll have to try and get you back on for a grand final preview won't we <laughs> looking forward to it brilliant, brilliant. well thanks, thanks Johnny thanks a lot and all the best no worries thanks Johnny cheers guys alright thanks bye bye, bye. At least no one's gone against their own team who we've had on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> all, all feeling a little bit. Ooh, will we? Won't we? Yeah. Mm. Definitely. So, I think is that 
does that do us, I think, for tonight? I, do you know, know what? what? I have to say, this is our, I think this has been our best pod ever. <laughs> well, I I personally don't think it's fair to ask our guests with, for a prediction without us giving ours. So I think we should give our oh, own predictions and then... Okay. I think that's only fair. Well, go on, then you start. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, Friday at Wigan and Leeds? Yep. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Wigan just to edge it. I'm going to say 18-6 to Wigan. Callum? I'm going to say 24-12 to Wigan. I think it'll probably end up being one game too many for Leeds, I think. Mm. Um, but I think they'll put a good effort up, and I think it'll be 22-16. And then the other game, Bubbles? Tough one. Depends on what team St. Ellen's put out. I, I think Salford, massive loss with Brodie Croft. So for that reason, I'm going to say Saints, and I'm going to go Saints 22-8. I'm going to assume that Hopawati, Percival... And Matauti are back. And I'm going to say Saints. Ooh, Saints 22, Salford 14. Um, I think this one might be a bit more low scoring. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to go 16 14 for Saints. Okay. Isn't that um, what Steve said? 18 16. 18 16. Yeah. Fair so, enough. There you go. And the only the only person we're missing tonight is Brian, it. But we've given him a one game for suspension for for prostituting himself out to the lot pod this week, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think he can be forgiven though. Yes, because although he did um he did appeal and and we decided not to <laughs> add an extra one on for a frivolous appeal. <laughs> <laughs> But he was on the lot pod this week, Callum. Why? Well, he was promoting Rugby League Shirt Day, wasn't he? Which is when? The Friday, the 23rd of September. But you can start showing us your shirts. So show us your shirt, shirt selfie, etc., etc. Uh, and you can start doing that now. Uh, please share as much as you can. There's been some great news this week. Uh, there's certain NHS branches uh, getting on board. The Hull KR Foundation have got on board. Uh, Bry is appearing on... Uh, we've got the Super League pod, an appearance next week on there. Okay. Uh, we've also got some radio uh, appearances on Radio Humber and Radio Merseyside. Yep. And we're still trying to press buttons for other things as well. So uh, that's looking absolutely fantastic. So, yep. um, so yeah, so we have we have let him off with the frivolous appeal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, seriously, you know, just, just stick your favourite rugby league shirt on, take a picture of you in it, tag... RL Shirt Day on yep. on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. Hashtags, show us your shirt, uh, RL Shirt Day and shirt selfie. And have a look at the Just Giving page and donate if you are able to. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that sees us out nicely for this episode, doesn't it? So if you are going to any matches this weekend or watching it anywhere, then stay safe and enjoy. But from all of us here at the Least Forward Podcast, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye.